Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 349 of Geek Town Radio. We are back once again after an extended break whilst I was on holiday. But I have with me... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. Good to have you back. Yes, it's nice to be back. It was. uh, I think this is probably the longest we've ever actually been off yeah um, you know because it, it's been almost a month with the sort of time differences and stuff so uh, yeah i'm glad to be returning i had a lovely time away in america which was was where i was uh, away on holiday so what have you been up to the last few weeks then oh well um by the way in that time i think in the first couple of weeks i got i haven't got it anymore but i got covid so you went off to america and i got covid <laughs> oh, no. so yeah but no i'm all i'm all good now i'm all good now good. so other than that yeah i kept forgetting to ask you this I, I remember finishing foundation obviously that was a couple of months ago maybe and i, ke- I kept forgetting to ask you on geek town radio so i watched foundation of course as well i got caught up with the first season you you'd seen it when it was actually coming out didn't you i watched yes. it like a while afterwards and I like really, really got into it, like really, really got into it a lot. And I, you know, was talking on, I think, a podcast a while ago about comparing it to other sci-fi shows and stuff. The one that kind of like, the one sort of recent example of a big sci-fi show is obviously something like The Expanse. Where would you sort of put foundation with other shows, like specifically with The Expanse? Do you think foundation's better than that show? Or where, where would you kind of put foundation with other sci-fi shows? It, it's difficult to compare it to The Expanse because The Expanse is sort of a, a full-ended mm-hmm. thing thing yeah um i i think it's probably closer to something like westworld in the way that it's structured right in terms of the sort of very complex storytelling i would think that's a closer analogy for me yeah the way that the story is constructed in both of those with particularly with the sort of messing around with time and the sort of overall feel of it it's something that you really have to concentrate and focus on whereas yeah. I mean uh, there is a certain amount of that with The Expanse but I would think Westworld is probably a better kind of comparable to it in terms of sort of whether it's better or worse I think they're all pretty much on a sort of par I would say I mean, The Expanse to me always ended in a way where I felt there was quite a lot more story they could still tell. And I mean, there is because there are more books. But I mean, it finished that story arc, but there is a lot more you could do with that. I I believe in the books, it, it jumps quite a lot forward. So there is potential for them to revisit The Expanse at some point in the future with an entirely new cast. With 
Foundation, I just thought it was a really interesting, solid first season. Yeah. They've got a lot going on with that show, and I'm so glad they kind of stuck with it and they renewed it. It's, But it, it is very dense, and there is you know a lot of messing around with time and things in that, and thoroughly enjoyed it, though. I thought it was it was really, really solid. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to the second season of that coming out. Do you think that'll be next year, the second season? I would imagine so, yes. I suspect we're a little bit off a second season landing. I don't know exactly, but I I would yeah. think and you, more you can't like watch a show bit. like that, especially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like sort of, it is like Westworld in that respect of it seems to be every two years just because there's so much you know cg work and all that sort of stuff to do on the show yeah like that. and to be able to like correctly write a show like that as well would would take a hell of a long time because exactly yeah it's not, it's not always about filming people have to actually make these scripts make them make sense make character motivations make sense and with a show like foundation that would be incredibly difficult so um yeah i'm looking forward to it coming back as well i really really did enjoy it i, I didn't quite anticipate enjoying it as much as i did i, I remember of mm. course when you talked about it at the time and i thought yeah this sounds like a really really good show and of course as i started picking up more apple because i picked up apple tv plus after like its launch and stuff mm-hmm. and then of course i picked it up and started watching things and I was like, oh they've got like a really really good library of of shows and they're starting to pick up a better track record and i thought oh maybe that will like increase my chances of liking foundation and it did so that's mm-hmm. uh, really good there are other sci-fi shows that i need to get back to i've seen the first two episodes i think but uh, for all mankind but uh, i'm not in like a major rush to get to that yet so yeah but i will i will do it eventually so that'd be good because <laughs> i'm just here especially this four season that's like currently airing isn't it i'm just hearing endlessly good things about it so um, yes. sounds like another good show sticking with uh, sci-fi stuff so I, I did go and finish all of uh, star trek discovery season four very very different to watch that at, like random times with the box set stuff and have all the episodes available because the previous three seasons was always like on the friday whether it was a friday morning or friday night or whatever mm-hmm. uh, for, for the first three seasons it's like every friday for a week for about what 13 weeks uh, so it's very different to watch season four in a, in a very different way but of course there's the other one uh, obviously paramount plus put out strange new world a bit different but um i understood that it would be different from what i understand this is a bit more of like classic sort of star trek which is which is yes. absolutely fine it took me a couple of episodes to kind of warm to it and get used to this cast obviously the, the thing that kind of helped is that you did have pike and spock already there because obviously they were sort of put into season two of discovery season three yes season yeah, two I I which think. one but yeah when they were implemented in there and then they were moved to their uh their ship that they're in now so that that kind of that those characters kind of helped me get into that a bit more and like things are a bit different different that is a bit more like like I say like classic uh star trek and more sort of exploration focused um i think one of the show's biggest strengths which i think is a struggle at the start but again gets kind of more into things there's this really interesting sort of like chemistry and like dialogue and stuff between pike and spock because spock's obviously a bit more like let's say kind of unaware of like human emotions and things the way the way that he like goes about things and all that and pike is a bit more let's say socially aware i suppose and that creates some like really really interesting conversations particularly between spock and his uh his partner and everything and then like pike gets involved with that in certain scenes that's really good uh, the rest of the crew, like I said, are really good. Um, they did, they've done some good work with that cast as well. Uh, so it's still kind of very early days. We were only, what, like six, seven episodes or something into this like first season. So mm-hmm. it's still very early. But it's good because I watched the pilot episode, obviously, when that came out. And I thought, oh, that was okay. That was a bit rough. But maybe it wasn't just rough. Maybe it was me sort of like completely detaching from 
the Discovery crew and moving over to this whole new thing. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I would agree. I think that first episode is sort of them trying to set everything up and it isn't the greatest episode, that first episode. I yeah. I think because it's sort of them setting up, them going on this new mission and getting Pike to come back to the ship and all that sort of stuff. So I think it, it does take a couple of episodes to find its feet, but I really, really like that show. I think it's, it's a solid, it's well-written, funny, very much in the vein of the original Star Trek. There's, I mean, it, it, it's the only show to actually use the original Star Trek theme as yeah, well. Yeah, I that. Um, redone by uh, the brilliant Jeff Russo. It's the first of the new Star Trek shows which he hasn't done the entire music for but he's did actually redo the theme for it um mm-hmm. but i i really uh I, I thought that he did a wonderful job with that so it's it, it is designed to invoke the original series the funny thing with the you know the star trek theme that you're mentioning yeah that they bring up as the title card comes up I think the first time I properly heard that, um, there was an episode of the Big Bang Theory. Obviously, Big Bang Theory references a lot of this sci-fi stuff and, and all that sort of thing. And they've had, obviously, like Will Wheaton on the show and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the instrument was called, but there, there's an episode where, like, Sheldon falls out slightly with the group because he's, you know, Sheldon. And he gets this uh, instrument out, which he is playing with his hands. And he was doing this, ooh, that, that theme tune part. And I can't remember at the time if he mentioned, like, oh, it was a Star Trek theme or because that episode was a while ago and then when i watched the pilot episode and that came up that's where i made that connection yeah. oddly because i like when i used to go around my, my my nans and stuff when i was very very young there used to be like star trek on in the background but I was probably doing other things because I was obviously very young. So I, I wasn't like paying attention at that point. So that's kind of the first time I'd oddly sort of heard that, that theme tune like from, from some sort of Big Bang Theory episode. Um but uh yeah that was that was pretty fun. So uh, so the other things I was, I've been watching, uh, 911 luckily stayed on Sky for, for, for the most part. It sort of, there was a, there was a day when it sort of disappeared oddly from the thing. Uh, we had, we had the 18 episodes of the fifth season, uh, mm-hmm. on, on Sky. And, um, I, I remember at the time you'd mentioned it had come back and I was like, oh, I went completely past me. Yeah. Yeah. I think this season is a lot better than the, the previous one. For some reason with the previous season, 911, it just didn't click as much. Yeah. And the, the, the one of the kind of odd strengths with 911 is when obviously our main characters are being called in to help somebody. These are like red shirts that they get given. They say what their names are and stuff, but they're not like parts of main stories and that. But you really, really care like if the team succeeds and these people live and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that just didn't, I don't know what it was. It just didn't click in the previous season. But in this season, I felt like they really got back their A game, so to speak. There's a lot of this, some like connective tissue from the previous season season with uh, Angela Bassett's character that stuff was like really really good really sort of powerful as well some strong stuff in there I just felt like it got back to its strength and it was really really nice to see I didn't think the previous season was bad mm-hmm. it just it just didn't click as well for some reason as the the seasons uh, I know Lone Star's come out as well but I've not gotten to that yet because I've only just finished the thing there was a period on the now thing where the days were counting down as to when it was going to be gone. Mm-hmm. It disappeared off of it. And I went to do a search on now TV and I found the show on there. And it said available with subscription. And for, for some reason on that day, there was this glitch where I would click on it and it froze the whole box. <laughs> oh. And and then the next day it was just back on there as if nothing happened. It was, uh, yes, it was quite strange. Technical so, issues. Yes. Yeah. No, I find now TV can be a bit finicky Yeah, and have a pretty 
bad layout, but anyway, um, have you caught the newest 911 season? Yes, I've watched the whole of the 911 season this time around. I haven't started Lone Star either yet. 911 at the moment is still on Sky, but I strongly suspect that when that deal comes up, it'll end up going over onto Disney Plus because they've got yeah, Lone Star as well. And, you know, they're Disney shows, so um, it seems that they're both going to go back. There is, they're Fox shows, but made by Disney. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, you've got some of the ABC shows like The Rookie, which isn't actually a Disney-made show. It's it's a Disney co-production, but it's made with E1. So if you're worried about like all Disney shows disappearing or all ABC shows disappearing, that's not that we have that many of those over here. But The Rookie itself should be safe staying where it is because of the fact that it's it's a co-production and they don't Disney don't have the international rights to it they E1 are the international distributor for that so that should be staying on Sky but uh, yeah I suspect 911 will go over onto Disney Plus with Lone Star as well but I enjoyed the current season I like the episodes when they theme them to a certain thing you know yeah, where, yeah. where they're each sort of emergency is connected in some way whether it's sort of you know death or love or yeah I, that I quite like the way mm. that they do that with some of the episodes and I think that's where it it's one of its strengths when it does that the, the chemistry between the main cast is like incredible mm-hmm. as well um, and you've got the, like, the little boy the, the son in the show as well he's yeah. like really cool so I'll tell you something about the, those shows as well I don't know what budget they've got because I haven't like looked into that but they go for broke when they do like set pieces mm-hmm. there's buildings that get destroyed there's vehicles that crash into things there's big catastrophes and it isn't that they don't sort of do you know like how the walking dead kind of does like big episodes for its premieres and finales and then kind of does like build up stuff yeah nine more mum will do something big sort of like mid-season and they have 18 episodes as well or 18 usually sort of episodes or whatever i'm like constantly impressed by i don't know how much that stuff costs or how much money they've got obviously that's a, that is a cost thing but um, it's really impressive what they're able to do. And they don't sort of turn it into like Sharknado or something. It very much feels kind of realistic and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's really, really good. Yeah. Anyway, that's most of the stuff that I've been up to, apart from a few other things that you've got. Uh, so what have you been up to? Well, David? obviously, I've been on holiday in America. I was in LA for three weeks. So my TV watching has been sort of rather lessened over those sort of three weeks because I've been out <laughs> doing things. Uh, I did Disneyland and uh, more importantly, I did California adventure because i'd done disneyland before and done the um star wars section but uh, i actually managed to get onto there's there's a ride which had only just opened in star wars last time which was um it's something like um it's the rebellion ride there's one way you can fly in the millennium falcon and there's one where you sort of you're a member of the rebellion trying to escape the empire and i couldn't get on that one last time because it had literally just opened and it was just book solid but mm-hmm. I went on I managed to get on that that's superb you're basically trying to escape a planet and you get sort of shuttled onto this uh, this ship which if you've ever done one of the Star Tours things it's basically sort of that so they put you onto this ship and sort of you you fly you out of off the planet and then get caught by the Empire and tractor-beamed onto an Empire ship and the door on the other side of this pod that you're in opens and you walk out and you're on a Star Destroyer and there's like stormtroopers all lined up and you're sort of being marched around and then they take you into a little kind of car thing and that's a sort of another bit of the ride where you're, you're in this like pod and you're trying to escape through 
this Star Destroyer to get somewhere safe. But that was just brilliant. It's probably the best of those kind of rides I've been on. It's really well put together. California Adventure has the Avengers Campus, which wasn't opened last time I went over there. So I really wanted to go and see that. Say not as impressive as the Star Wars Campus. They've actually just opened the Avengers Campus in Disneyland Paris as well, which actually, from the footage I've seen, looks like it might be a little bit better than the one that's in the uh, California Adventure in LA. I don't know what it is, but I, I guess there's there's more iconic stuff to play with in Star Wars than there is with the Avengers in terms of the location. You know, there's a very distinct visual style to Star Wars, whereas there kind of isn't with the Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. But there was still some great fun stuff on the Avengers side. Like, they have really good Spider-Man ride where it, you're kind of helping Spider-Man save this um, facility where his Spider-Bots have kind of got wildly out of control. So you're using kind of web things to shoot them down, which was really kind of good fun. That's the big main ride there. The other thing is there is a, uh, there's an old Disney ride called Tower of Terror, which is a sort of thing that kind of goes up and down and they've converted that into a Guardians of the Galaxy ride, which is quite good fun, which is an escape out of this sort of prison with the Guardians. So that's quite good fun as well. So the, the rides were good. Outside, they do these set pieces where it's Spider-Man kind of flipping over building tops and stuff. There's sort of a guy in a Spider-Man outfit and they do kind of aerobatics over the top of the buildings and things, which is pretty impressive. And they do a thing with... I think it's Black Panther and Black Widow taking down Taskmaster. Um, and they perform that on some of the roofs of the buildings and things as well. So there's there's all that stuff going on, which is, is quite good fun. They're, and they, they have a restaurant on the Avengers campus, which is Pim's Kitchen. And uh, mm. that was brilliant because it's using essentially the 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 premise of it is that stuff has been kind of cooked using pim particles, so you've got things like soup, but it comes with like one giant crouton, and they've got like burgers which are really really tiny, so they're like sort of bite sized little burgers and stuff. And so there's also they've messed around with the sizes of all the food. That's quite good fun as well. So um, yeah, I mean there's lots of fun things going on, but um, I know a lot of people wouldn't be able to go to LA but as I say they've just have opened the Avengers Campus in Paris which uh, might be a sort of viable thing for people to go and uh, do fairly easily worth going to look at certainly I also built a lightsaber over in the um, Star Wars thing, which is something that I didn't get a chance to do last time as well. And that's that's really good fun. I mean, it's not cheap, but you do get a very solid, decent, well-built lightsaber out of it. And you get to kind of go in and build all the hilts from parts yourself. So they're all completely unique. There's lots of very cool stuff over in, in Disney. So uh, I went and did that. I did a studio tour around Paramount as well, which uh, mentioning the rookie earlier, Interestingly, the rookie films at Paramount, not at Disney's own studio, they've pretty much taken over half of Paramount to film the rookie and the rookie feds, the spin-off series. Because I was looking through, they have a board as you go in to show you what's filming at the studio at the time of your tour and literally half the stages were the rookie running on there or the rookie feds so uh, I thought that was kind of interesting that that's where they're filming all that I also went to saw a baseball game for the first time which is Hmm. is 
it was, was an interesting experience. I mean, fairly enjoyable. Started off a bit slow, but, you know, kind of got into it towards the end. They do sports quite well. In terms of TV, I've caught up with Better Call Saul since I got back because it's on AMC over there and I was having problems getting the VPN to switch over onto Netflix UK. So I couldn't watch that until I got back. Those returning episodes have been spectacular spectacular so far they're killing people off left right and center though each episode is sort of wrapping up a plot point you can tell that it's kind of coming to the end of the series so um yeah i i've been really enjoying that so far how's it been going for you because obviously you've been doing the better call soul podcast solo for the last couple of weeks yeah it's been really really brilliant obviously we'll have a few things to talk about when you come back this week but no it's been brilliant we're, we're really like into that end game portion like we only have four episodes left now i think so big things are happening that are putting things into place it's really feeling like that end game point and it's it's pretty amazing and we're starting to get a few of those answers that we've been uh, been looking for yes yeah you are starting to see how things are slotting into place and how they're removing characters and setting things up for that final stretch so it's really been spectacular that and what else would you expect but it, it's been mm-hmm. really good miss marvel also came to an end whilst i was over there those I did actually manage to watch because the Disney Plus account worked over there. So uh, I did actually yes, get to the end of that. So. Yeah, so, same apart from the fact that you don't get all the star shows on the right. uh, US right. version. I really enjoyed that as a series. I thought they did a wonderful job, very inclusive stuff of the family uh, without sort of being too over the top with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a solid, funny, well-written series throughout. And she's so likable as that character just fits it brilliantly well i mean it's like tom holland she was somebody that was a huge fan of the character before she actually started playing it and you know knew all the comic books and all this sort of stuff so uh, i she's just wonderful in that role and um, i'm looking forward to seeing her return in the marvels yeah that was a really really good show miss marvel uh, covered that when the, the finale came out mm-hmm. um was a couple of weeks ago now Culturally, very important show, very uh, interesting show for, for Marvel. Obviously, naturally, over time, when you run a cinematic universe for, what, 14-something years, you start introducing different types of people, different people from different backgrounds. Obviously, we've got Black Panther coming out as well, which is important for all that. Even as far as, you know, the dances at different weddings and, and, and the mm-hmm. music and, like, kind of embracing that culture and stuff, I thought was brilliant. But as you said, even it's not, like, entirely about that. Obviously, there is a, a Marvel story to be told and a superhero story to be told. Um, and they did a they did a fantastic job with that. I've continued to really enjoy them introducing these new characters. Like we had Moon Knight and we've had Miss Marvel on that. And, you know, Kate Bishop has come in and stuff. We're about to have obviously She-Hulk. So we're in a good time with the MCU right now and especially with Miss Marvel. That was really enjoyable. Really, really good. Yes, we'll be talking a bit more about the MCU in the news because, of course, it was San Diego Comic Con this weekend. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that came out of that. The other thing with Stranger Things as well, which uh, came to the end of its fourth season, really solid again. They, they do such a wonderful job with that show and I think they they really nailed it again for the fourth season I'm very much looking forward to the sort of concluding it with the fifth season which is probably going to be a couple of years away I think but um, mm-hmm. yeah they actually talked about some of the things that uh, there's a post on the website about sort of some of the stuff that they're doing after the fifth season because there's a spin-off potentially coming although it's it's not going to be anything directly related it's sort of something else set in the same universe 
and they've got a couple of other interesting projects lined up under their production company as well. So uh, yeah, I but I thought they did a, a stunning job with that full season. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Um, obviously did a did a few podcasts and that. Um, I I did one a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, about Netflix and IP, mm-hmm. and also taking a look at like what because obviously they're in competition with you know HBO, Paramount, Disney, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and kind of taking a look at like okay, Paramount's got very flexible IP like Star Trek. Obviously Disney's got massive massive brand. Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, Fox. There's loads of stuff. Even Star Wars alone and things like Marvel, there's so many things you could do with it. And I just don't know that Netflix has got as many of those things. And mm-hmm. the thing is with doing, because we don't quite know about that. Obviously, they said about spinoffs and things. The thing with that is when people talk about Stranger Things and they talk about, you know, mostly mostly the characters that you know, these characters that we've grown up to love and, you know, Popper and Elle and, you know, everybody in the show. How can you kind of like, I get that we don't know what the the idea is yet, but if you drift away from those characters or you do something different, like how good is that could it kind of be? And mm-hmm. I kind of pose two sort of questions about like, okay, because some of the originals we started out with, like House of Cards, Orange is New Black, Sensei, things like that, they've all kind of finished and gone. Even in the immediate future, because Umbrella Academy's just shot out its third season, that won't be back for a while, um, which have kind of recently came out. So in sort of the next two years until 2024, let's say maybe summer 2024, when season five comes out, what does Netflix look like in those two years? Because even like Camp Cretaceous, which is a smaller show in that, but even I think that's just come mm-hmm. out with its last season. What do they look like in those next two years? And certainly what do they look like after Stranger Things is finished? I think they've got potentially a bit of an IP problem. I mean, they lost all the, you know, the Marvel stuff. Obviously, that was a while ago, but they just don't have as many of those sort of big and and they started to do a few more like reality-ish sort of stuff so yeah and I get that people like shows like you know Two Up the Handle or Is It Cake and but those aren't going to do your sort of like Marvel and Star Wars those aren't like Marvel no. and Star Wars level sort of things uh, obviously those aren't really our sort of things if you like them that that's great but I think they need some big kind of new hitters that are on those sort of big prestige levels yeah maybe. I mean I think they're, they're hoping things like The Sandman will do something for them which I mean they've yeah. just dropped a new trailer for that they have still got the Miller World IP they've got Roll well, what, does, what does that contain? that's things like Jupiter's Legacy but obviously that didn't work particularly well for them unfortunately Yeah, I, but they have got a bunch of other things I mean unfortunately the one big thing that Miller World had is Kick-Ass and I actually think that's not part of the deal I seem to remember because okay. of the fact that it had been somewhere else and Kingsman is the other thing but that again I don't think was part of this deal because it was somewhere else as well but there are some other things I mean there's there's things like Chrononauts in their Huck I think they're doing American Jesus is one of theirs which I think they're doing something on um, mm. so that there are a few different things which they could potentially might get a hit show out of those yeah difficult to I also know, think but. with Umbrella Academy it got kind of dumped out within Stranger Things and I think it got a bit lost in the mix yeah um Although people that I've heard speak about it, like you and that have said they really enjoyed it, it didn't quite get the big buzz it probably should have. Yeah. Um, but that's because everybody was talking about Stranger Things. So Yeah, I, I think they should have probably spaced that out a bit more. Mm. 
but timings not necessarily Netflix's greatest point for uh yes <laughs> they, they they should have uh, probably spaced that out a little bit more but never mind i yeah i mean i did in, really enjoy that series as well but yeah i'm about halfway through umbro academy season yeah. three no it's it's been good i i think it's a really solid season but like you say just got a bit lost and buried mm. under stranger things and i'm surprised they didn't you know given that's one of their larger titles they didn't space that out a little bit more but they have got some other stuff going for them it's just whether it's enough in terms of ip is difficult to tell right now yeah that's all the stuff we've been doing for the last few weeks let's move on to some tv and film news hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, some of these were cancelled and renewed a while ago. So there are sort of covering the last three weeks or so. Night Sky was cancelled at Amazon after one season, which was a sort of sci-fi show. But my God, it was slow. Um, so, I mean, I, I watched the first couple of episodes of it, but I just really, really struggled with that show. So I'm not hugely surprised because I think it was probably quite expensive to create and it's just very, very, very slow, unfortunately. So uh, that's got canned after one season. Gentleman Jack has been cancelled by HBO, which was the, it was a BBC HBO co-production, I think that. HBO have dropped out of it so cancelled after two seasons but the creator is looking at ways of making a third season whether that's with the bbc and somebody else or or what i don't know but they are talking about possibly managing to try and save that so it may not be entirely gone but at the moment it is cancelled after two seasons so does that mean bbc still wants it but hbo doesn't so they're looking for a co-production partner that seems to be the implication yes right so it's hbo that have said no but bbc still want it yeah hbo have said they don't want it anymore bbc it seems do but they can't afford to do it on their own so okay right we'll see whether anything does come out of that that's the sort of thing where netflix does sometimes step in actually you know mm-hmm. because it's an established show and that, that is one thing they are reasonably good at doing is saving things that have fallen off somewhere else Duncanville, which did air here, that's been cancelled at Fox after three seasons. A couple of more painful ones. Time Traveller's Wife cancelled after one season by HBO, which I was really upset about because I thought that was brilliant, that first season. And there's so many more places you can go with it. I think we were talking to Gray about it uh, just before mm-hmm. in the podcast before we went up for the break. And we were talking about whether that was going to get renewed or not. And uh, unfortunately, it hasn't been because they're not... Not even, I think, through the book. It's not like the first season was the book and they were going to do something else. I don't think we're even anywhere near through the book from what he was saying. So um, it's such a shame that's that's not been picked up. 
again because I think Stephen Moffat did a wonderful job with that and um, it's a shame it just didn't find an audience by the sounds of it I enjoyed it yeah very yeah. good thought it was really good and uh, Why Women Kill has been cancelled after two seasons by Paramount so that will not be returning for a third season I think that was originally picked up for a third season and then they changed their minds so uh, that's not coming back oh. either in terms of renewals, What If has already got a third season renewal, which is the animated alt-universe MCU series. That is going to be back for a third season, and uh, second season is is sort of well underway. I think they've said early 2023 for that. Wheel of Time has also been renewed for a third season before its second season has even aired, so that's going to be coming back. That's one of Amazon's big shows. Another early renewal for Resident Alien, that's going be back for a third season renewed by sci-fi in the u.s breeders has been renewed for a fourth season by fx and sky so that will be coming back only murders in the building was renewed for a third season by hulu uh, i've got a few episodes behind on that as well because i couldn't get that in the u.s because they don't have the star thing and i didn't have access to hulu mm-hmm. so uh, that's back for a third season i did enjoy the first couple of episodes i think i've seen of that i, I keep hearing people saying like oh i didn't expect much from the show but it's like really surprisingly good it is so yeah yeah yeah, it's like a surprise hit for people i suppose yes it was one of those things that you thought oh well it's steve martin martin short you know and selena gomez i'm not sure what this is going to be but it'll be a bit sort of fun distracting kind of you know little comedy but it is really well put together it's fun it's funny it's well thought through in terms of its plotting very much enjoying watching that so i'm really happy that's back for a third season for all mankind we need for a fourth season it's the third season that's either finished airing or or I can't remember because I, I got a preview of it so I'd already seen all of that season by the time oh, it yeah, aired yeah. on Apple but um, that has been renewed for a fourth season which I'm very happy about and it's going to have another 10 year time jump in it so mm. that presents an interesting sort of thing because I think that will probably mean the fourth season will be likely the last season with the main cast in the sort of main roles otherwise you're going to have like Joel Kinnaman in makeup playing a kind of 90 year old astronaut which (laughs) doesn't kind of work I don't think so it's going to have to be a multi-generational thing and they have brought in some younger characters but it is going to be one of those shows that if it goes for sort of six seven seasons you are going to have to lose some of those more of those original cast members moving forward purely because they age out of it if you're going to jump 10 years every time but uh, I really love that show I'm glad that's coming back Shetland has been renewed for an eighth season but there is a caveat to that Douglas Henshaw who is being the lead for the first seven seasons is going to leave so it's going to have a new lead actor for Shetland that's the BBC show that one Criminal Minds has officially been revived. There's been on and off the cards for ages. There were rumours that they kind of changed their minds and they weren't going to do it, but uh, they've officially ordered, I think it's a 10-episode series for Paramount+. Plus. Unlike the normal Criminal Minds that I think was a sort of case of the week thing, this one is going to be one case that runs over 10 episodes. If you're a fan of Criminal Minds, that will be an interesting revival series to look out for, and that's on Paramount+. Plus. Evil also on Paramount+. 
Paramount. That has been renewed for a fourth season, although over here it goes out on Alibi. And uh, Magnum P.I., well, we're off, was saved by NBC. And they ordered 20 new episodes split into two seasons, so 10 episodes per season. So it's a much shorter run. But, you know, sometimes that's a blessing in disguise because yeah. there can be a lot of filler episodes in those sort of shows. So Magnum P.I. will be back on NBC. It probably won't move over here because of the fact that NBC and Sky are sister companies. So I should make zero change to uh, where it airs in the UK. But uh, yeah, it means it's moving from CBS to NBC in the US. That's good news. I I'm, know I'm, there was a lot of outcry when that got cancelled. So I'm glad that's got picked up. Um, in terms of pickups and other news, they've announced that Vampire Academy, which is the new Julie Pleck vampire series, Julie Pleck being the person behind the Vampire Diaries originals, Legacies, all those Vampire Diaries shows. Vampire Academy is going to be airing on Friday, the 16th of September on Peacock UK. So that's the day after it airs on Peacock in the US. So for once, the Peacock shows are airing on Peacock on both sides of the Atlantic. Vampire Academy has no connection with the Vampire diary stuff it just happens to be another vampire show that julie Platt liked the book it's an adaptation of a book and she liked the book actually prior to doing vampire diaries she liked the book but couldn't get the rights to it now she got the rights this was one of the first things she wanted to do because she's under a new deal with nbc and uh, this was the project that she picked to do it and launch that new deal with it's described as a story of friendship romance and danger at some vladimir's academy which isn't just any boarding school it's it's a hidden place where vampire royals are educated and half-human teens trained to protect them from the savage Strigoi vampires who would like to see them destroyed. So it's very much in that sort of teen vampire dramery kind of area that she does so well. So I'm sure that will be one to look out for if you're a Vampire Diaries fan. I mean, different book, different cast, not connected in any way, but certainly the same area. There was some casting announced for Black Mirror Season 6, Zazzy Beats, Papa Esadu, Joss Hartnett, Aaron Paul, Kate Mara, Danny Ramirez, Clara Rugard, Auden Thornton, and Jaina Vassen were announced as being part of the cast for the first few episodes of Black Mirror Season 6. Don't really know any more about Black Mirror at this point because it's way, way too early to tell. Aaron Paul has actually voiced something in Black Mirror previously, so there is some suggestion that maybe they're going to go back to a story they've told before previously for the first time with Black Mirror. Whether that is true or not, don't know, but uh, the in Season 4, the USS Callister episode which picked up like four Emmy Awards which starred Jesse Plemons in the lead role that was the one about the VR gaming company that the guy was basically had created virtual copies of his staff and was abusing them in this sort of VR virtual Star Trek type world yeah, yeah. at the end of that there is a character that they encounter called Gamer691 which was voiced by Aaron Paul so there is a suggestion that maybe the they're going to go back to that universe and that episode and maybe he's playing that character again. It may not be the case. It may be that there is something entirely different coming for that because one of the things apparently when 
they got him to do that voiceover role. Apparently Aaron Paul is a huge fan of Black Mirror and said, look, I'll do the voice as long as it doesn't preclude me from going back and starring in another episode because they'd asked him to be in that episode and he couldn't commit any to anything more than a voice at the time because he was filming other stuff. And he basically said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll provide you a voice for it as long as that doesn't stop me from coming and actually being a character on screen in a later episode. So um, it could be that he's playing something completely new. It could be that they're, they're going to go back to a story for the first time, but we'll we'll have to wait and see with that. And the other bit of casting news was Ironheart and Elden Ehrenreich has joined the MCU series on Disney+, Plus, which is uh, Ironheart's the one about the uh, young girl who creates the most advanced suit of armour since Iron Man. Yeah, Rui Williams is her name? Yes, okay. that's the character's name. So That was the young solo guy, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh, and cool. um, he was great in that film as well. Yeah. And uh, the bosses at Star Wars, their takeaway from the fact that Solo didn't do as well as it was, was they shouldn't go back and recast the iconic characters. And you're like, no, that's not the problem that was the issue with Solo. Solo basically was a story issue and the fact that you messed around with the directors. The one thing that really worked in that was the casting was brilliant. Yeah. You know, yeah. Donald Glover was great. Alden Ehrenreich was great. You know, the casting was superb. So that wasn't the issue. That's entirely the wrong takeaway for that. There is no reason why you couldn't do a Solo TV series with Alden Ehrenreich taking that role over. You know, I mean, saying, oh, well, we shouldn't recast the classic characters characters you kind of did that with you and mcgregor and that worked out okay so you know <laughs> i mean i'm sort of it was a weird statement for them to make but anyway i'm glad he's sort of still sticking with disney and he's now going to be in the mcu that's that's yeah. good sticking with the marvel stuff it was of course san diego comic-con they did a big panel they announced some new things but one of the big things they did was they announced what the overarching story was for the next few phases and they also gave some date announcements for phase five and phase six so following on from the affinity saga which was phase one to three phase four to six will be the multiverse saga if you hadn't already guessed that by the amount of multiverse stuff that was kind of hanging around but i, I think that was fairly obvious that that's where they were going with it yeah especially with a film called doctor strange and the multiverse of madness as well yes so, and the multiverse yeah. stuff that we had in the spider movie and we know at some point they're going to need to introduce x-men and they've kind of hinted at that already in miss marvel so there's things going on there and the multiverse is a way of sort of potentially doing that it's no great surprise that the multiverse saga is what that they're going with for phases four to six Phase 5 starts with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, so that's 17th of February. We've then got Secret Invasion, which is the Disney Plus series. That's coming spring 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in 5th of May 2023. Echo coming in the summer. Then Loki Season 2 also in summer. That's followed by the Marvels, which is going to be the 28th of July. Blade now has a date. That's going to be the 3rd of November. Ironheart will be 
autumn 2023. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, that's going to be winter 2023. Daredevil, Born Again, which is a new... Well, we kind of knew it was coming, but now has a official title. That's spring 2024. Captain America, New World Order, that was also newly announced. That's on the 3rd of May, 2024. And Thunderbolts, which was a new film, that is announced for the 28th of July, 2024. So that's phase five with Thunderbolts ending it and starting it. Then phase six, they've only got three things in phase six at the moment. Obviously, that will expand over time, but there's three films... Fantastic Four, which is coming 8th of November 2024. That's the thing that's kicking it off right now. And it will end with two Avengers movies, just like the previous arc did. So that's going to be Avengers The Kang Dynasty, that's 2nd of May 2025. And Avengers Secret Wars, that's going to be 7th of November 2025. So that is the plan at the moment. Of course, things move around, but that is the plan right now. Yeah, some interesting stuff in there. There's a few new projects and things that have sort of changed. You've got, as I say, Daredevil Born Again, which is the official title for the revamped Daredevil series. Takes its name from a classic Frank Miller run on the comic book. However, that comic book was the used of the basis for season three of the Netflix series. So although it's called that, obviously because it's it's the first one on Disney Plus, I rather suspect the storyline will be somewhat different to the comic book storyline. They've just kind of nicked the name which i think is fair enough the other one was uh, agatha coven of chaos which they had announced that that's uh, the agatha harkness from one division character they had announced that series was coming but it had a different name previously so they've changed the name of that to coven of chaos Captain America New World Order, of course, is Sam Wilson's first kind of big screen debut as Captain America. And the Thunderbolts, which is the sort of interesting newly announced one. Thunderbolts, if you don't know those, they are described as introducing an exciting new group of heroes. But assuming it follows the comics, the team mainly consists of reformed supervillains. That's sort of an interesting setup. It's going to be written by Eric Pearson, who's the guy that wrote Thor Ragnarok and Black Widow. In the comic books, the I mean, so many people, there have been various versions of the team, but Baron Zemo was one of them. You know, we've seen him on screen. Obviously, Deadpool has been in there. Hawkeye, Bullseye, Green Goblin, Luke Cage, Ant-Man, Black Widow, Ghost, Crossbones, Punisher, Ghost Rider, so many more as well. So there's a lot of potential for them to pull some existing characters that we've already seen on screen into this. I don't know where they're planning on going with it, but you could make a case for this being their kind of suicide squad. Yeah, that's what I've heard yeah. about Thunderbolts. It could be a really good, interesting, R-rated, out-and-out, really fun, over-the-top film. And given that you've got Eric Pearson writing who wrote Thor Ragnarok, which was one of the best of the MCU films just with over-the-top silliness, I think that could be really interesting. We'll have to see which characters they pull in i mean zemo would be the obvious one because i think he was the one that set up the first thunderbolts team that would be an obvious one to kind of pick up but you have got other smaller characters that we've had around like i mean you could put 
Luke Cage in there, you could... I can't remember whether Crossbones is still alive or not in the MCU at this point, but Punisher certainly would be one that you could pull across. would be a good way of introducing him back in. Ghost, which was a Hannah John Carmen character, you could put her in. You could bring back in Green Goblin. You could bring back in Bullseye. So there's, there's a lot of potential there, I think. Yeah, it was a really, really good showing from Marvel, to say the least. You know, when you go to SDCC, which is the big one, that's where you get yeah. your big Marvel and DC and whatever, and they come and uh well one of them announced a bunch of things the other one didn't really do anything um yeah but uh, yeah but uh you, when you go to sdcc and you say hey here's a like we know about fantastic four but here's, here's a date for that and oh by the way we're making two avengers films and all this other stuff but like we're gonna lay out everything for you the very interesting thing because i i did a podcast discussing dc and marvel's thing where i had a bit of a moan about dc stuff but <laughs> there you go if you think about like because you've got reveal obviously at these conventions and stuff like who's making what films what are they going to be how exciting is is all this information so if you think like about maybe like a poker game or something where you you know you've got your hand of cards what you want to play and they've got their cards for avengers they've got cards for yeah. you know, fantastic four didn't even need to bring out the x-men or mutants yeah. card that's one where like marvel came out so strong and they're like hey here's two cards for two avengers films okay you know about fantastic four but here's like when it roughly is and like oh that mutants card you can just put that back in the pack and save that for later like you, do, you don't even need that right now and obviously they got d23 and other stuff coming up but i found that very kind of like mm. interesting how because like x-men and mutants like a massive massive thing and it's not just going to be just x-men you're going to have probably other mutants and stuff in the mcu because it's a big universe but yeah. uh, I, I thought that was really good but just the way they've laid all this out and where this story is kind of going and it's interesting with phase four because I, I've looked at phase four in a particular way of like end of end game end of phase three and stuff Avengers are a bit kind of disassembled you know some of them have died they've kind of gone off and done mm -hmm. their own things and stuff obviously I'm going to see Hulk in, in the She-Hulk show and other things and you've got Thor who's still kind of knocking around Hawkeye who's you know getting to know Kate Bishop and you've introduced you started introducing like younger Avengers but you've mm -hmm. still got Doctor Strange, Captain America, these older characters, all these veteran sort of characters that are still around. You've got like a new Captain America set up as well. You're going to get a new Ironheart-esque sort of character, yeah. you know, another person with a suit. And I've sort of looked at that and thought, okay, you've got, you're, you're reassembling the Avengers, kind of, and also possibly giving yourself another option with the young Avengers. You're also setting up the multiverse, which is a whole big deal in of itself. And you're set, you're going to eventually get to probably what Galactus, Kang, Doctor Doom, all these other sort of things. So as much as like phase four so far of what we've seen, it's just been a rebuilding phase. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, audiences can get impatient and things and you have to wait for the, you can't just like, hey, Avengers Endgame and then next year, here's another Avengers film and keep going. You've got to sort of like pick the pieces back up and, and, and yeah. see where you are. So looking at all this kind of stuff and seeing where they're going, I've just had like, I've just sort of been sitting back and, you know, letting all this kind of happen. And just getting excited about, okay, Fantastic Four on the way. We know the Avengers getting rebuilt, multiverse. There's, there's still so much going on. Yeah. And also like Eternals and things like that, like Celestial. So to me, it's not been boring at all. I've really enjoyed this like no. rebuilding phase and getting, getting introduced to new characters. I, I love the way that they laid everything out. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you, you get a better idea of things. I also like what what films are kicking off and finishing the phases. I think those makes sense mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, but what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I've seen some moaning around about Phase Four, but I mean, yeah. you think back to Phase One. Phase One was building up towards that Avengers thing. Yeah. So you've still got She Hulk to come on the seventeenth of August. You've got Wakanda Forever coming on the eleventh of November. Plus, you've got What If, which sort of I mean, I guess that's sort of outside 
side, but that's mm. coming early 2023. That almost is like a multiverse MCU thing. Yeah, which is a sort of multiverse thing anyway. You've it's also kind of loosely connected, yeah. Two things which have not been mentioned at all, which have been announced, was the Armor Wars thing, which was... War Machine. War Machine in it, dealing with somebody stealing Tony's tech, I think, was the setup for that one. And the Marvel Zombies, which again is another sort of Elseworlds kind of thing. Those are actually missing for the lineup entirely right now. But it seems like that Phase 4 will sort of end with kind of forever. That's the last big film of that phase. But I've been fine with Phase 4. You know, you look back to Phase 1, Phase 1 was a building phase, obviously, because you had to build to the Avengers. Phase 4 has been a rebuilding phase because, you know, at the end of everything that happened with the, you know, Infinity Saga, you're having to rebuild and restructure things. Mm. So it's only what they did in phase one in phase four you know it, yeah they're actually the, the same they're just doing things with different characters yeah, but people people know some of these characters now so they're starting to get impatient it's like no chill out it, it's fine we didn't really know all that much of I mean, we knew they were building towards the Avengers movie but we didn't know all that much about exactly what was going on and certainly the Thanos thing didn't pop up until much much later so just chill enjoy the stuff that's coming out you know we've now got a better direction of where things are going anyway your point about the X-Men I wonder if they're going to introduce the X-Men in Phase 6 because they only have three films announced there at the moment. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of scope for them to put more things in at that point. So I'm I'm kind of thinking that that's probably where you'll find those, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's all looking pretty bright, though, I think, over at Marvel. I, I, oh, I, yeah. You know, Phase 5 looks pretty packed. Phase 6 has got a lot of scope to add some more interesting stuff in, and that will take us up to 2025. So lots of good things kicking around there, mm-hmm. I think. Because with things like X-Men, you don't rush something like that. You no. don't sort of like, oh, we have to tell you a date because you're very light. It's like, no, you can, you're doing it, you said about Avengers like Avengers Fantastic Four X-Men all really really big deals mm-hmm. so if you only want to kind of like say okay dates for those things and obviously because the actual Avengers the two films hadn't been announced so those were like the big announcements that means that you, you don't like have to go obviously SDCC you know big sort of thing but you've already mentioned Fantastic Four Avengers you don't also have to come out with, with X-Men you can just no. uh, you know relax and kind of deal and with I, that later I, so. I kind of feel like with X-Men as well they probably want to make that announcement and announce a cast at the same time maybe you know i i think if they're certainly if they're going to say okay these are going to be the new x-men this is the person that's going to take over the role of wolverine they're going to want to be able to introduce those key characters i would have thought with faces i mean you kind of thought they might want to do that with fantastic four but i mean with fantastic four it's slightly different with x-men because there is a history to it you know they're going to want to i think probably be able to present a solid pitch for and a solid plan to the public so I rather suspect there will be some announcements at some point about X-Men but um, and I suspect it will be for stuff in Phase 6 because Phase 5 is looking pretty packed at this point yeah you don't need to just shove X-Men into Phase 5 no no. I think Phase 6 certainly would make sense you know with Fantastic Four and you know we know how it starts and how it ends but there's a big gap in the middle of it so we'll Mm -hmm. we'll see I think ending 4 with Black Panther because Black Panther's going to 
be a huge film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that trailer was phenomenal mm-hmm. um, as well. It's interesting because we got the two trailers. Like Black Panther was like powerful and emotional, phenomenal, and obviously She-Hulk is meant to be more comedic. But that was like really fun and really great as well. Yeah, that's like little tease of a certain someone was absolutely brilliant as well. Yes. Um, ending that with Black Panther and then going to like a Quantum Ant-Man film. Like that's that's a pretty big deal. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, should be very good. Yeah, should be should be excellent. Yeah. Lots what what did you think of DC's stuff? By the way, I barely saw any DC stuff from from that. I mean, uh, what they they had some trailers. I think that what they did a trailer for Black Adam, they did a trailer for Shazam, but I, that was the only thing that I really noticed. There weren't any huge announcements, as far as I'm aware. No, they didn't announce anything. So I was no. I kind of apart, a bit from, like, apart from they said uh, Zack Snyder's coming back, but for a Teen Titans cameo, which is so. like yeah what. Whatever, you know. <laughs> so this is not yeah. not what you wanted to hear. I mean, The Rock seemed like he had a good time. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, yeah, he had a no, good time I, on stage. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure he did, and I love Dwayne Johnson. He seems like a wonderful human being. But I, yeah, I find it very difficult to get overly enthused unless they come out and said. Okay, this is our plan. This is what we're doing. I whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I, I and you're talking to somebody who is much more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan in the comic book world. But right. you know. yeah. So moving on to other comic book stuff, there was quite a big Walking Dead announcement. There is a Rick and Michonne series coming to AMC, which sounds like it's basically replacing the much talked about Rick Grimes yeah. movies. So rather than do movies, they're doing a series. What's quite interesting about this announcement is the press release specifically says the drama will begin with six episodes in 2023, implying that it isn't a six episodes and we're done thing, implying that it's going to be an ongoing show, not a limited series which I thought was kind of intriguing. And, you know, six episodes at a time, I can sort of see Andrew saying, okay, yeah, I can do that. I'm happy enough to come back, do six episodes, go home again. Means he's not going to spend like three quarters of the year in Atlanta. Right, yeah. I can see that being a sort of ongoing thing. That sort of makes sense. There is a sort of description, although it doesn't really give a huge amount away. Uh, Series presents an epic love story of two characters changed by a changed world, kept apart by distance by an unstoppable power by the ghosts of who they were rick and michonne are thrown into another world built on a war against the dead and ultimately a war against the living can they find each other and who they were in a place and situation unlike ever they've ever known before are they enemies lovers victims victors without each other are they even alive or will they find that they too are the walking dead so it doesn't really give a huge amount away other than you know it's rick and michonne trying to find each other in some way which we can't Kind of new anyway. It is going to be from Gimbal, apparently, who is serving as showrunner. So, <laughs> but the fact that it's six episodes might actually stop him doing this sort of. Uh, here's a big cliffhanger to end on, and now we'll present something else for the next episode before uh-huh. going, resolving. Yeah. So that might actually give him, you know, he, he might be a bit more focused than the fact that it's six episodes at a time. So yeah, this was this was a brilliant announcement. We knew in some way, shape, or form. Rick and Michonne had to come back. We just didn't know. Obviously, we knew about the Rick films, which this has been converted into into this. 
we had speculation about like, okay, is Michonne, like where is Michonne? When are we going to see her next? And these aren't like your small little red shirt characters that live at Oceanside or something. These are like Rick and Michonne. Yeah. They are your main characters. So uh, yeah, I, I think a six episode thing works best. I, I thought that they hinted at that like this would wrap up their story. But if that's not the case, then we'll have to, we'll have to see how that kind of goes. But last we saw Rick, he was in a helicopter, just like Jack Bauer was in 2014. Yes. If anybody remembers that. Stop, stop taking away my heroes in helicopters. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, we still have no idea where Jack is. Well, we know he's in Russia, but anyway, I still miss 24. So he went off in that and then kind of, not literally walked off into the woods, but basically sort yes. of walked Michelle, off with this yeah. unknown group of people uh she, she may have well have just kind of walked off into the woods and it was like bye i guess you're mm-hmm. finding rick but we don't know when we'll see that and then now we have this so it was a little bit up in the air everything obviously the main focus was still like okay we, we started the main show going on which was good it'll be very interesting to see because when he left in what was it season i think he left in nine she left in ten if, yes. I, if I remember so it's been it's been a, it's been a while obviously they had the covid issues and whatever in there to do the bonus episodes and stuff but they have two options to me now where they can either because it would make a lot of sense if even if it's last five ten minutes rick shows up in the finale like the big series finale the main show has an emotional reunion with judith who he's not met kaylee fleming's version obviously he's he's met judith but he hasn't met the older version that would be like a bit different and more impactful yeah Uh, and rj has not seen him either if you did like a big and obviously you got like you know zekiel and daryl and everybody else that's there but obviously the big reunion would be judith so that would make sense but are you going to do that or have him show up in just this because i think we need the, a judith as good as it would be to have these two back i think we need a judith and group reunion it's it's um, tricky that because the way yeah the obvious way you could do it is you could do it with a sort of time jump with him coming back but then the problem with putting a time jump in is you can't use kelly fleming as that version of judith because if you want to give a reasonable amount of time i, I mean it depends if you're only going to put a couple of years, you probably could. But if you wanted to, say, put a 10-year time jump before Rick comes back to give you 10 years to play with or five years to play with for the Rick and Michonne series, then that becomes more problematic because you need an older actress to play an older version of Judith, if you see what I mean, you yeah. know, for, for that reunion. And if that reunion isn't Kaylee, it's going to feel a bit weird. So I, I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly how they play that. Depending on when things have been filmed. I mean, there's nothing saying like Judith can't be in the, this new thing. No, well, that's other true. characters can't show up there I mean we've had those other characters show up in World Beyond and that was a nice surprise yeah. so because it's not quite like MCU type stuff but we have had some crossovers I mean Dwight and Morgan have gone over to Fear so th- that's not an unknown quantity mm-hmm. so we shall see but it, it's good news anyway I'm glad that they've like kind of cleared this up and stuff so uh, it's something to look forward to yes definitely one last story we have which I thought was kind of interesting Strange New Worlds as we were talking about earlier um, coming mm-hmm. back for a second season will feature a crossover with Lower Deck <laughs> apparently <laughs> um, which it's fascinating but uh, the, the episode will apparently be a live action animation hybrid with Tony Newsom who plays Beckett and Jack Quaid who plays Brad Bomler in it playing the live action versions of their animated characters apparently Jack Quaid of course is Huey from the boys mm-hmm. uh, that I think is an intriguing idea those characters all be coming across how that will work I don't know there's got to be some time travel stuff involved 
because Strange New Worlds is set in original series time, whereas Lower Decks is set in Next Generation. So there must be some time jump stuff. But I mean, that's not unheard of in Star Trek at all. So, you know, that's right. fine. Yeah. But I, yeah, I thought that was that was kind of really quite intriguing that they're talking about doing that. Jonathan Frakes is apparently be, going to be uh, directing the episode. Uh, Frakes, of course, is returning as Will Riker in the third and final season of Star Trek Picard as well, along with it. They released some character photos of the older versions of those characters for Star Trek Picard season three, which was nice to see. That's basically Picard season three. It's got all the next generation cast coming back. Um, Frakes has directed like hundreds of episodes of, well, not hundreds, but quite a lot of episodes of various Star Trek series and two of the feature films. So he's kind of knows what he's doing. It, it makes sense for him to be the person doing this crossover. But yeah, live action animation hybrid is interesting. I God knows what they're going to be doing that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently a crossover between Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks is on the cards. With the live action hybrid thing, obviously Star Trek has you know not really sort of done that before. But I have liked where I've seen that in things. Like Roger mm-hmm. Rabbit was, from what I remember from that, that was that was quite good. Yeah, uh, Sonic did it really well. Detective Pikachu did it well. I did see that Chippendale film. That was that was pretty good. So I I quite like that actual idea, and I think it fits with like certain characters, but a bit different in the context of Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how it works. Does this does this mean I need to get caught up on 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 lower decks? Well, or is I mean, it more, I, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they're they're saying it's a crossover, but I don't know to what extent. I don't know whether it's going to be like you need to watch one episode of each, or that that, that could be quite difficult because at the moment lower decks is still with Prime Video in the UK. Whether That's I mean true, that, yeah. that will probably change at some point in the future, but at the moment lower decks. He's, he's still a prime video series just like Picard is still a prime video series so because mm. that's going to be awkward although I mean they do they do air Lower Decks the day after it airs in the US so I mean they, they are airing it concurrently it's just it's going to be a pain if you haven't got a Prime subscription and you have got a Paramount Plus subscription or whichever way around so um, it mm. could be a case of they're just crossover in terms of mixing the characters and it's all in one show we'll see with the Picard stuff because I kind of dropped out uh, halfway through season one so with these old characters coming back like the legacy ones and that's the last season so is that like the last loss we're gonna see of those characters not necessarily the end of those it's possibly the last we'll see of Picard maybe but I mean you know best role in the world Patrick Stewart isn't getting any younger but uh, you know so I suspect it's certainly the end of of that as a regular series you may see those characters right. pop up at some point in the future in some other capacity possibly okay. Um, okay I mean you could get a a sort of Will Riker series potentially I mean if Frakes wanted to do that that would be an interesting kind of other thing to spin off hmm. but certainly this this seems to be designed as a kind of reuniting of that next generation cast and a send-off certainly it seems like a send-off for Picard whether it is for the rest of the cast we'll have to wait and see okay so that's all the news for this week just some highlights for next week on tv 
So highlights for next week. We have uh, some interesting new stuff popping up uh, from, which is a sci-fi horror series about a nightmarish town that traps those who enter. It's an epic series in the US, but it's been picked up by what is now called Sky Sci-Fi. Why they didn't call it Sky-Fi, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> they, they, that's the new name for the uh, sci-fi <laughs> channel in the UK. So uh, yeah, that's going to be landing on the 26th of July at 9pm. That sounds like your sort of show i'd rather suspect a sci-fi horror thing but uh, yeah. yeah uh so that's called from and uh 26th of july on sky sci-fi at 9 p.m i feel like i've heard that name somewhere before maybe if i look up a trailer or something it will remind me yeah that maybe like- one of the lead the, the lead in it is one of the guys from lost i seem to remember okay high school musical the musical the series the summer camp thing that's uh season three <laughs> that is on the 27th of july that's landing on disney plus under the Banner of Heaven, that's a limited series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. That's an original limited series inspired by the true crime bestseller. Paper Girls, which is based on the Brian K. Vaughan bestselling graphic novel about time-traveling newspaper delivery girls. I really love the book for this, and I think this could be a really good series. It's got a kind of Stranger Things vibe going for it, but uh, that's coming to Amazon Prime, uh, Prime Video, on the 29th of July. There is a show called The Resort, which is a multi-generational coming-of-age love story described as a fast-paced mystery about the disappointment of time. Uh, That is coming to Peacock on the 29th of July, so you can go and check that out. That's The Resort. Surreal Estate, which is also coming to Sky Sci-Fi. That's on the 30th of July at 9pm. This is sort of a bit X-Files-y. It's a real estate agent and his elite team of specialists who handle cases that nobody else can, haunted and possessed houses that literally scare would-be buyers away. It sounds like it could be a comedy setup, but I think it is actually a drama, that. That's called Surreal Estate, that one, uh, 30th of July on Sky Sci-Fi at 9pm. And on the 1st of August, La Brea finally gets a UK air date, randomly on Paramount+, Plus, which is slightly odd, given it's an NBC show. <laughs> so I don't know why it's on Paramount, because as far as I can tell, Paramount have zero to things to do with it it is purely an NBC series so it seems like it's something they bought in mm. my my only thinking is that there was possibly some horse trading went on where they sort of said okay well if you give us these CBS shows to air on Sky we'll give you La Brea to air on Paramount Plus I'm guessing that's possibly what happened but uh, La Brea is that wonderfully bonkers sounding show where this big sinkhole mysteriously opens up in the middle of Los Angeles trapping half uh-huh. the family in a primeval world underneath it has been renewed for a second season because it did sound like it could be a one season and done show but it has been renewed for a second season so it is coming back it seems like it's going to be wonderfully fun silly Sounds um, fun, yeah. uh, sci-fi series so uh, that's La Brea that is coming to Paramount Plus on the 1st of August it's dropping as a box set I think as well you'll be able to go right. binge your way through that on Paramount Plus and that is everything coming for the next week on TV. If people want to find more of your stuff, where can they find you, Matt? You can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, games, films, May Night podcast. Uh, May Night's pre-season has kicked off. Eric Ten Hag is here and we've signed three players, so that's brilliant. But you can, yeah, entertainmenttalk.org, uh, podcast platforms if you want to find us over there. Still doing Better Call Saul, still doing Westworld, May Night are coming back, as I said. Still doing some film reviews, did Thor recently, talked about Netflix's IP things and talked about other IP as well 
from other places. Uh, reviewed a couple of games recently. I think uh, you're a cat person, aren't you? Uh, Stray came out. Yes. Um, that's been quite, that was quite good. Uh, did a review for Trek to Yomi yesterday as well, which is an interesting game. Still doing gaming talk podcasts with Robert. So uh, plenty of things are still going on. And of course, there is always loads of TV to watch. So uh, I'll be covering what I can from, from that. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch at eTalkUK. And if you want to find our gaming content archive, basically, uh, it's on YouTube at Entertainment Talk Plays. So that's me. So go and check Matt out over there. For other people involved in the show, you can also go and find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She's streaming daily and uh, various evening streams. And you can go and check out all the fun and silliness over there. You can go and find Daryl over in HollywoodNorthNews.net for all those TV series you love that are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geekdown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.